Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Sexplanations uh, podcast, episode 75. We are outside of a garden store. Yes. Which is a great place to meet. We're in the RV of the Sexplanations road tour, and I'm here with Dixie De La Rue. No, uh, Dixie De, De La, La Tour. tour. Yeah, even better. <laughs> Dixie of the tour is, yeah, oh, that's even better. <laughs> Who's Dixie? Who am I thinking of Dixie De La Rue? I think you're probably oh, combining wow. one of the golden girls, aren't you? Chi-Chi LaRue. Chi-Chi LaRue. Chi-Chi yes. LaRue. Who is, is a, porn a porn director. director. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Golden girls, porn director, sexual folklorist. You're Dixie De La Tour. Yes. Which just became like a thousand times cooler. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> well, it, I guess our tour became cooler because you're doing the first podcast in the tour RV. I can't say how excited I am because ever since you announced the RV, Sexplanations RV tour, I have just been going, what? You need to do it. I, I like, ugh. I mean, I'm so excited that you guys are just traveling around doing it. There's nothing more frustrating than just going, I have all this knowledge and I... You know, and, and yeah. it stays in the same place, yeah. and it has to come to you. But you're traveling around creating adventures. You're interviewing people that you wouldn't have who are not going to be in Missoula. Yeah. Right? Well, thanks for recognizing that. Yeah. People need sounds- to be heard, though, too. So that's why I'm excited for you to take your show on the road. So if you don't know, Dixie has a show called Body Storytelling, where you invite sex positive. Are they all sex positive? No. Okay, well, people, yeah. to share their sexcapades. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sex, kink, or gender. So sometimes it's uh, shifting gender identity. Sometimes it's, like I just did a show last week, it was kink-themed, stories about first-time explorations in the dungeon, stories about uh, a woman who th- had people approaching her wanting to, they were kinky, and she was like, I I, maybe I'm not kinky. And she kept psyching herself out on whether she was kinky or not. By the end, she realized she'd had a fantasy since she was a young girl that she just told herself wasn't kinky. Mm-hmm. It was medical play, the whole doctor orgasm checkup every year. Why don't they have that? Go to the doctor. <laughs> you have your yearly orgasm checkup. I mean, they used to, right? Like the treatment for hysteria, yeah. Proxima. Yeah, but that doesn't really sound like... If they called it your yearly orgasm checkup, you would not miss that thing. You'd go, I'm pretty much going to get an orgasm out of this instead of somebody saying, yeah, I don't know. You have feelings. We're going to use a vibrator <laughs> on you, but you might be crazy, you know? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Can you imagine? That would be so great. But you then you'd start. really care who your doctor was. Yeah. Right. And you'd have positive associations with that doctor. You know, hopefully, I mean, you have a doctor and you're like, oh, I don't know. My HMO carries him, but not really that. Uh. And by the end of it, after they've given you a bunch of orgasms, checked you out and said, everything's good. You're just like, I really like that doctor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. So how um, on the topic of your storytelling, how do you choose guests to speak? So. We do it by the story, not by the guest. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. So usually I will tell people, here's an upcoming theme, because you really need a prompt of some kind. Because okay. if you say, tell me a story about sex, people are like, oh, God, I don't have any stories. After they've been at the show and listened to a few, they're like, I have 800 stories. I'm like, yeah, you just got to get the pump primed, you know? Okay, well, so what's a, uh, 
let's play this out. What mm-hmm. is a possible theme? Uh, the one that I did last week was Super Kink. The one I'm doing this Thursday in Seattle is Shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Typical themes are like um, Sex Geek Secrets, uh, Nerdgasm. Dixie, these are great, and yeah. I can't think of the story. Yeah. yeah, Yes, Please. Kind of like enthusiastic yeses, hell yeah, kind of stories where you were like not sure, and by the end you're like, fuck yeah, I am in. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been having a lot more consent stories li- lately because of the way the world is right now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's really good that people get to hear these examples of people. You know, sometimes when you're not sure what you're walking into, you're like, I don't know what I would say. When you get to hear somebody lay out a story for you and tell you the path through their story, you're like, now I've got that ready. I can think of whatever, if it were ever to be presented to me and I wasn't really sure, I could say what she said or... I kind of can think about it in advance instead of sometimes sexual scenarios are sprung on you and you're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much my story when I was out there in the world. Mm. I was always creating adventures in online dating. But you never know what you're going to get online. So it was always like, so that happened. Yeah. <laughs> What's one of your favorites? Well, uh, I think this week I'm going to be telling one about uh, I worked at home. I saw an ad on Craigslist for somebody who said, I want a career change. I'd like to be a gigolo. And he said he'd just gotten laid off from his job. And Mm. so he thought it would be fun. And I wrote him and I said, I've always had a fantasy about paying for sex. How much do you charge? And he's just like, oh, my God, no, I was kidding. Like, it was, (laughs) I just wanted a woman to respond. That's all I wanted. Like, no, please don't. But I wouldn't let it go. So I said, well, you're unemployed and I work at home, so let's go to a bar and let's meet each other, you know. Yeah. So he made the mistake of sending me to his neighborhood bar that he hangs out in. Like, don't ever do that. That's a bad idea. Pick a neutral spot. (laughs) You sound creepy. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) And so I went and I met him and just kind of kept playing with the whole cougar cub fantasy. He was Uh much younger than me, and I was just like... Let me buy you a drink. And I'm like to the bartender, get this little cub anything he wants. He can have anything he wants. And the guy's like, let go of the fucking gigolo thing. I'm like, that's how we met, you know? Yeah. So we just proceeded to have an all-day adventure where we were. The bartender did not know what was going on. He was very confused about what was happening. But there was just the two of us in the bar in the middle of the day. Then we went home and had sex. And uh, I thought it would be... You know, i am kind of been playing with the fantasy that he was like, no, I'm not a gigolo. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be really fun to maybe when the whole thing was over and I put my clothes on and was going to leave, I was going to, like, throw some money on the bed. Like, thank you. Thank you for that. That was great. But I'd spent all the money on the drinks because we'd been in there all day. <laughs> so I only had three $5 bills in my pocket, and I felt like such a cheapskate. Like, ta-da. Oh, <laughs> crap. That's it. That's just one that comes to mind right now. But, yeah. I used to really like creating adventures and putting them out online and seeing if people had the same kind of sense of humor I did. Ooh. Because then we're probably going to get along. Yeah. We're probably going to at least become friends. So I'd put out an ad and I'd say... Um, this is on Craigslist. Yeah, I loved Craigslist. Me too. Craigslist. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Tell me about you and Craigslist. I, <laughs> I would just do things like housing wanted I wasn't (laughs) picking anyone up but I do appreciate it as a a starting place for a lot of hookups Mm -hmm. 
My understanding is that people aren't allowed to do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The world's changed because of a lot of things, but Feast of Sosta is part of it, but Craigslist Casual Encounters, uh, the erotic ads are all down and stuff like that. Nobody want. Everybody's making sure they have no liability issues. So everything fun mm. is starting to go away, which means you've got to find places to make your own trouble. We're going to keep doing our thing. Perverts are going to keep doing our thing. When I say pervert, I mean people who are interested in sex and, you know. Yeah, reclaim that word. Yeah, I identify as a pervert. I'm interested in sex. I like to talk about sex. doesn't mean any more than that. It's reclaiming the word. I like it. I love um, ethical slut. And By the way, I just saw that you, I was listening to the American Vanarchy episode of the podcast because it was van related and i'm obsessed with that this morning while i was coming Whoa. over to get i was listening what to happened it. yeah uh, it was great it oh was you, a great, oh, you were i was listening, listening to, to mine i was like were you listening to american vanarchy like that became a thing <laughs> no okay. well no i started following him and i'm very interested in what he's doing so yes i am oh, following okay. him now but i was listening to you and you were talking about your book club is reading The Ethical Slut, and I am throwing the author, one of the co-authors of The Ethical Slut's 75th birthday party uh, uh, in a couple weeks. What? And it's the 50th anniversary of the adventure that led her to say, I identify as a slut, I'm non-monogamous, and that's, that's me for the rest of my life. So we're celebrating her 75th birthday and the 50th anniversary of that story, and we're doing a story roast for her. So, whoa. So, like a roast is mean spirited, but a sorry roast is everybody telling their favorite stories about you. Whoa. You know, it's one of those. Where are you doing it? Uh, we're doing it at the Verdi Club in San Francisco, which is my usual venue. It's this old Italian American dinner club. It's kind of like an Elks Lodge. And so, when you go in and it looks so sweet and innocent, and then you go inside and people are talking about threesomes and, yeah. and, I don't know. I just, I just love the dichotomy there of like you walk in and go, what a wholesome place. Wow. I am so grateful that you're doing that for her. Yeah. She really wanted a story, Rose. She's like, I really want to do an evening of body stories. She's told for me three or four times and she's amazing. And you're going to have community there or is it just open to public? Yeah. No, her, it's open to the public. It's open to the public. Yeah. We got special dispensation for like. People can bring their teenage teenagers into the thing and everything like that because it's a venue that's often where wedding receptions and things like that happen and Elks Club meetings and stuff like that. But it's been our home for like eight years or something like that. And so, yeah, Dossie lives up in Marin and she's told for me a number of times. She's got a story for anything you ever throw at her. She has a very story filled life. And so we're going to have to, we're going to get to hear all her stories. All her friends are going to go, here's one. And they're going to be telling stories that feature Dossie. That's beautiful. I want to live a story filled life. Uh, I think you are right now. (laughs) Working on it. We're sitting in an RV outside of a garden shop with fancy coffee in San Francisco. I think you're pretty story worthy right now. Doing it. Yeah. 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 I'm excited. So when you started this fantasy about getting on the road, mm-hmm. and tell me about the RV fantasy. Like, RV I like fantasy. to do this with storytellers, where okay. I like to go, they go, I don't know, and I'm like, you You're going to coach me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I want to leave Missoula. Okay. That's the start of the story. Okay. And I have two daughters. I adopted them as teenagers, and so my 
term as a, an active parent, not that I'll stop being a parent, but as an active parent, would end when they graduated from high school and then I would leave Missoula. Once I got them through school, um, I would be on my merry way. And then they graduated and I was ready to go. And um, my partner said that he would like to do some scoping out of places before just pinning the tail on the donkey. So I said, okay, how can we do this and still maintain explanations and also, um, you know, be of service? Because I was craving a lot of my volunteer life explanations I volunteered for I think six different organizations and that took up most of my time and uh, I have missed it a lot so the topic that I had visited about going on tour came up again and just doing it as a service project and having an RV makes it so convenient yeah because I can pee while he drives yeah so good <laughs> and so we spent I think four or five months looking for a vehicle and um, on, on Patreon's YouTube channel, I had asked if anyone was willing to be part of a think tank to help us plan because it's very overwhelming, the, the yeah. kind of um, thinking that goes into all of it. And there's a team put together for determining vehicle. And a person named Michael headed that up and he just coached me through the whole process. And he would send me links and then my partner would send me links and I would send them links of all the vehicles, you know, all over the country that were for sale. And let's see, I dropped my daughter off at work one day and I'm like, oh, I'm by this RV sales lot. I'll just go in and wander. And I ended up spending three hours there. And the one that we're sitting in now was at the end of my little tour of the lot. And it was perfect. It was the layout that I had drawn and out on a piece of paper, exactly how I wanted everything to be. And it was the right size and great mileage, not mileage per gallon, but um, low mileage. Yeah. It had been treated well, sheltered by its previous owner. So like you found uh, that on the first day, like the day that you wandered into an RV lot? We had been there before. I had gone with my partner on kind of a date, which is a really fun date if you've never done an oh, RV yeah. park. <laughs> Not an RV park, date, but like an RV dealership yeah. date. So cute. Because you can go in and they have like all the tables set up for like little picnics and you can take your dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was so fun. So it wasn't my first day there, but it was, I was just spontaneously going. And this was after maybe three months of looking. Yeah. Something like that. And then I kept negotiating and looking, but this this is the one. Yeah. I think you picked the perfect one. I love Thank it. You. I'm so excited that you let me be in it. Because <laughs> you, you can come into my human smelling vehicle. It does not smell. Okay. <laughs> it does not smell. You told me it was going to smell like humans. It does not smell like humans. I don't smell anything. But, of course, I have a big, furry, 160-pound five pound dog so I may not smell things the yeah. way other people do but I don't smell anything well, and I fun. think I think you made a great choice and as someone who shares the RV culture yeah. fantasy I'm just like so excited to I learn through story and you're on your story right now you know I mean you are doing it you're telling me about the hard parts of it it's day 10 on the road like mm -hmm. when you first walked up to me in the garden store the two of you <laughs> just look like hello and I was we're like, exhausted. oh, we're at the point of the story where it's just kind of like, okay, things are hard. Yeah. That's what I was guessing, you know. But yeah. you have to have it down to have an up. You have to go, things are really hard right now. And the next thing you know, you're going to be on the freeway. 
You're going to stop at Casa de Fruta or something yeah, like that. Casa de Fruta. And you're going to get something and you go, that place that I knew about, the country mercantile place you were telling me about that you mm -hmm. love so much up in Oregon, mm -hmm. now you know one in California. Yeah, you know? I'm excited. You're seeing the world and discovering what's out there. And I don't know. I don't get excited about the big stuff. I get excited about little stuff. Oh, well, then you would love going on tour. And your name is Dixie De La Tour. Yeah. Wait, okay. So how did the name come to be <laughs> then? So uh, they used to call me the tour guide to the wild side. Oh. So when I first was, I, I kind of know a lot of people in a lot of different scenes in San Francisco because I was trying to find myself. And the first place I came in was through the BDSM scene. Right off the bat, somebody was making fun of my southern accent because I'm from the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, then moved to Atlanta. So my accent was pretty heavy back then. And somebody went, well, Dixie over here said. And they thought it was funny, and it stuck. Everybody started calling me Dixie. And then I went to New Orleans, and I went to Jazz Fest, and I kept going... Dixie, what? Like, I, it just needs something more. And I passed uh, Cafe de la Tour. I went Dixie oh. de la Tour. Dixie of the Tour. It's of the Tour. It's of the Tower is what it means. Mm -hmm. But it was too late. Everybody had already grabbed hold of it. So I love it. <laughs> so it's a combination of my people making fun of my southern accent and uh, Jazz Fest in New Orleans is where it comes from. But Yeah, and you've embraced it. Yeah. So I am. It's a little burlesque for me. Like, people picture a burlesque person, and that's not... But you kind of have that energy, don't you think? Um, bouncy. Yeah. But, but, like, a, a show person. Yeah. Even when you're not on stage, you have a, a large personality that's like, I am here, and I have something that you want. And then I'm like, okay, okay, tell me a story. <laughs> yeah. I like to say I'm a, a pervert, not a performer. Oh. Because I'm not a performer. I was never a performer. One of the first times somebody ever called me a performer was a friend. I was invited to his 30th birthday harem party orgy where he invited 13 women. His eyes were definitely bigger than his whatever. <laughs> like, you can't keep up with that. And one of the women, when I walked in and I was just like, okay, just, let's make sure this party goes well. I should probably load for bear walking into a party so i'm gonna bring a bunch of vibrators and a bunch of porn and like you know because people stall out when they go to sex parties i was a sex party producer wait 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 what is load for bear loaded for bear just i brought a bag that had every single thing you'd want it had vibrating rubber duckies it had like sex bear, toys b-a-r-e no b-e-a-r it's a southern phrase loaded for bear means i'm ready loaded for bear <laughs> oh my goodness okay keep going so like if you're a hunter yeah, yeah, yeah. when you get the big guns you're loaded for yeah. bear yeah. yeah loaded for bear okay i don't know how we got into guns. A <laughs> <laughs> so um, you brought all of your yeah i brought everything and as i walked through the door the all of it somehow all the vibrators started going off at the same time and it was just one of those discombobulated what and I, you know i made an entrance because the bag started vibrating things started happening and people looked up like who the fuck who are you I can say fuck here, can I? Yeah. I thought so. <laughs> I was hoping so. And one woman came up to me and she goes, what kind of performer are you? And I'm like, I'm not a performer. She goes, no, you're wrong. You're a performer. And I was like, I've never thought about myself that way. But I was a sex party producer and an organizer. I like, like, I watched you at Patreon, Lindsay. I watched you facilitate 
Like oh, you I was like, wait, what's pa- <laughs> what happened? Patreon. We went. We hung out at Patreon. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about the first conference where we met. But yes, okay. Yeah, Patreon. Yes. You saw me at Patreon. I saw you at Patreon when we were going to have our sex positive meetup with everybody at the table. You immediately took over, and it wasn't really like I'm running the show. Mm-hmm. It was I'm facilitating the show. You were like, we're going to collect everybody's email addresses. We're going to do all this kind of stuff, and you took over. And everybody in the world needs a facilitator. You know, and that's what I used to do. I was a facilitator for sex parties. For sex parties, yeah, and getting people laid. <laughs> like that—that's my superpower. I can get anybody laid. That's so awesome. Because I don't care. It's not about me. It's about you. You, you. I like to do this thing where I go, taste your mouth. If you could have anything right now, what would it be? And they go, Well, I don't know. I'm like, not forever. Not forever. Just right now. Right now, what would be the thing you want? And they go, Um. I don't know. I like women with short hair. And I'm like, okay, tell me more about that. And then I'm like, anybody stand out? And they go, she's really cute. And I'm like, let's go talk to her. I know her. And just kind of make introductions and be a connector. And, you know, it was always about them and helping them get the thing that they wanted. Because it made me feel powerful and smart. And then I went to a storytelling event and sat there and went, I'm at sex parties taking care of the people who come through the front door, trying to make them all happy. I could use stories to make them happy. I could let them find what they want for themselves. We'll just make it easy to connect with each other. Storytelling is the easiest way to connect in the world. You hear a story, you can't turn off your own story. You're like, oh my God, this one time. You can't turn it off. I watch people like who are just like, I'm shy and quiet go, I have to find somebody to tell a story to right now because I just heard one which reminded me of something I've forgotten about my own life and now I have to tell it. So it's just people who would sit there and do the whole thing. If they were anywhere else, would be going, so what do you do for a living, you know? And instead they're just like, oh my God, ah, because stories made it easy to talk to each other. And I watched a storytelling event about Burning Man, the first one I went to. I was supporting a friend. And he was telling a story about Burning Man, and I watched it and went, perverts could just blow this up. (laughs) The things that we could do. And so when I first did it, I was like, we're going to get together and we're going to do a storytelling event. And they did that thing. Where are we going to fuck? We're not going to fuck. Okay, if you say so. And we got together and they all went, this is amazing. And I'm like, isn't it? We all have stories. We tell ourselves our stories aren't worthy. Yeah. But if you have a willing audience and an audience who are not going to judge you, then you can go home and go, I can't believe I told that in front of hundreds of people. I like to say, if you get on stage and tell a story, next day you're going to go to work and quit your job. Because you can do (laughs) anything after that. You feel invincible. Like, I just did that. You know, and I have these people who are so shy and so, like, introverted. Watch people get standing ovations about their beautifully crafted stories. And nobody's beautifully crafted the first time. We work together and do that. And then they just go, I can't believe I want to do this, but I want to do this. And they move beyond just talking to people in social circles to getting up in front of hundreds of people and telling really intimate, beautiful, well-crafted stories. And they become rock stars. They step off stage and people go, that was amazing. And they get to be a rock star. We all need to feel like a rock star, you know? Yeah. At least once in our life. So how do you coach people to become better storytellers? Well, I'm really nosy. Mm -hmm. That helps. And I don't usually, I'm not really intimidated by 
asking people, like, I'll go, I'm going to just come out and ask stuff. I might not phrase it yeah. perfectly for you, but I'm telling, we're trying to get a, the gold in your story, you know? Yeah. So I'll just say, just tell me a story. And they'll do it imperfectly. For example. This is one-on-one before yeah. an actual show. Yeah, one-on-one. Okay. For example, I have a guy who's telling in Seattle this week. Mm-hmm. I met him at the show. He's young, he's very shy, very intelligent, and he comes and he watches, but not not the kind who talks to people, like he's very shy and introverted. And what they usually do, I'll say this on stage, I'll say the theme of the next show is shenanigans. And I want you to just take your phone, send me a voice memo, just hit record, you're just talking to me, don't psych yourself out, you've met me, I'm not scary, just tell me a story. And people would go, oh, my God. And I got a recording from him the other day that was like, oh, my God, I have two partners. I'm polyamorous. And everybody decided they wanted to throw me a 30th birthday party. And I don't like being the center of attention. I was intimidated. But everybody said it's a big number. You have to celebrate it. And so I was going to, okay, I'll be at this coffee house and everybody can drop by. No pressure. You don't have to come. I don't want to put anybody out. Mm -hmm. And then his car broke down. (laughs) Oh, God. And he couldn't get to the coffee house. Drama in the story. Yeah, and he felt like a failure, like he was letting people down because he couldn't even get to this thing when they insisted you have to do it for your birthday. And he didn't want to, but he was like, okay, I will for you. And now I'm letting them down. I can't even get over there because of my car. And while they're waiting for him, as he's telling people I'm not going to make it after all, feeling like a failure, he gets a message from one of his uh, the women that he dates and she says, the other woman that, your date is, that you date is here. And um, she doesn't have a car, so why don't we just do dinner together? I'll bring, pick her up. She, you know, she'll ride with me over to your house. We'll just come to your house. Just order Chinese food. Aww. And his two partners, so of course he's got the tension of my two partners who've never hung out. How's this going to go? Like, I hope everything goes okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it turned into... 30th birthday was a threesome with two women he was madly in love with you know like didn't want to be the center of attention that didn't work mm-hmm. you know just really and I get to listen to his voice that is not scripted for the stage it's just he's got somebody to tell this story to you know because we don't have anybody to tell our stories to we're always afraid that we're too much you know like oh maybe I'm slutty maybe I'm not supposed to talk about this. That's a lot of it. We were told we're not supposed to talk about sex. Mm. That's why it's so important what you do, Lindsay. That's why I love what you do. Aw, thank you. You're welcome. The feeling is mutual. Thank you. (laughs) I'm serious. I feel like both of us are helping people heal, right? I think you're helping them feel heard. And just by giving them a space to share their experiences, that alleviates shame. And I think I'm giving them different information to replace the shame with. To say, okay, you were told that condoms cause STIs. The reality is that condoms can prevent STIs. They believed that condoms cause STIs? Well, if you have an educator telling you that. What educator tells people that? Somebody who should not be called an educator. (laughs) Yeah. So I did an episode on bad sex ed. I asked people to share their stories with me of sex education in their schools or what their school system considers sex education. And I had horror stories 
terrible, 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 terrible things that shamed young girls mostly about, you know, don't have more than one partner, but boys can do whatever they want and, uh, flat out lies and withholding information. It's horrible. And then there were so many that I ended up doing two episodes on it because they just carried on and on and on. I'm going to look it up. Okay. I I can send you a link too. There's one that's called bad sex ed. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is sex analogies. I think I only got sex ed that was sex negative, you know? Yeah. Them Most people me. do. Yeah, but I didn't have them. T- any Nothing like condoms cause STIs. Like, Oh, yeah, that's what they're being told. I was talking to somebody not long ago who was telling me that they were a sex ed teacher, like in a previous life. Oh, yeah, what I used to do. I was a sex ed teacher, and I was just like, one of the most sex negative people I've ever Scary. met. Scary. Yeah. You're, you're teaching people? Like, here's what sex is, and you don't even seem to like it. Why would you do that? Unless it's just like, here's a job, it's offered, we kind of need a sex teacher. I guess you'll do, okay, I'm going to do a half-ass job. But I would think it would be, like, most of the people I know who are in the sex-positive or sex education realm are like, this is our life's work, you know? Yeah. So I can't imagine somebody having the opportunity to provide somebody sex education and then go, here's a bunch of reasons why you shouldn't have it. My mother told me the facts of life, and she had a book where she opened it and she started reading it. And she was so freaked out talking about sex that uh, she was telling me about the sperm and the egg, and you'll get pregnant in like four minutes and all this kind of stuff. And I stopped in the middle and said, hang on, and went and threw up because she was so stressed out about it that I was like, why would people want to do that? <laughs> she was stressed and she was so stressed. Yeah, but she stressed me out, so I had to get up and throw up in the middle. She was reading you that book. That's something that is unusual. Like usually, I'll hear, "Oh, my parents did nothing," and then one step up from that is, "I got a book. It was just handed or left someplace, handed off or left someplace." But it's amazing to me that your mom would sit there and read it to you. Like that's, I think that's pretty cool. It's unfortunate that she felt uncomfortable, but it sounds like she was pushing through her own emotions to get you what you actually needed. Yeah. Well, I thought about it. Like, afterwards, I was just (laughs) like, oh, that was the worst ever. Ugh, sex. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Why was she so stressed out about that? It must be a big deal. Like, if she was that freaked out that -hmm. she made me throw up in the middle, then there must be something there. Why is she so freaked out by it? So I started trying to find everything out I I could about sex because I was just like, I want to know what this is about. And when I got a little bit older, I started sneaking into adult theaters and I would like take my allowance and I would take a roll of quarters and Mm -hmm. I'd go into quarter loops, you know, where you could watch people have sex and you get to watch like a minute and then you'd have to put another quarter in. And I'd walk in. I was 15. What? And I'd walk in, and there'd be these people wandering around just looking for hookups. There were glory holes everywhere and everything like that. And they'd open the door. The door's never locked. And they'd open the door on me and see a 15-year-old girl in there. And they'd go, hey. And I'm like, yeah, wait <laughs> That is not what I'm here for. I'm here. This is education for mm-hmm. me, you know? I mean, it's porn. Sometimes that's all we have. It's not ideal. Yeah. It's better than nothing. Yeah. So all the cheerleaders would start asking me how to give a blowjob <laughs> i'd actually seen it yeah you know i'm like uh you do not suck i mean you do not blow <laughs> i said that wrong you do not blow you suck and they go like what and i'm like i've seen it 
Because <laughs> I'd watch gay porn. I'd watch, yeah. you know. So I knew more than most because you don't get that from sex ed. They don't tell you how to go. Oh, job. no. They, they totally don't. Well, they didn't. Be- I, I have officially taught how to give blowjobs online. So hopefully people are... So you're, you were a university professor or you teach? Yes, I used to teach at the university in Missoula. Uh, I did that for almost a decade with some overlap on sexplanations. Yeah. And then um, do this full time now. Yeah. So great. what's the dream? What is the dream? I know, you're, I know you're on a journey of discovery, like any good story. But if you could do anything... Right now, the next kind of lily pad is to maybe set up shop uh, where Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia all come together. Yeah. Like a suburb of Chattanooga. Yeah. And have a a garden store, Um, but like a a really beautiful house, maybe some pet foxes, (laughs) and then this beautifully landscaped area where people can come and they can cut fresh flowers. You buy a vase for $8 and you can have all you can... All you can eat. Is this the car. fantasy, really? Yeah. This is great. I'm glad I told you to meet me at a garden store today. <laughs> I totally love it. I'm so happy <laughs> because we bought this basil plant at a... I see it. Yeah, it's at the grocery good. store. Yeah. And it's in this tiny little unfair pot. So I'm excited we're here because then they'll, they're going to help me repot my plant. So when you choose the intersection of where to live mm-hmm. down in that area, mm-hmm. make sure that you park your butt in the state that allows the sale of sex toys. Because oh, in the yeah. South, some of them don't. Some I know. Don't. But I could park in, I could set up shop where they don't allow it and then be part of legislation that says, yeah, mind your own freaking business. Isn't that amazing that you can't buy sex toys in? Like, there are states that you still can't buy sex toys in. Yeah, it, it is amazing. Well, I don't know if you know this, but I work with Adam and Eve, their sponsor of Sexplanations, and they told me that they can't even send to some states like I thought oh okay whatever it's fine right you can send packages where nobody knows what's in it they can't send to the state to some some areas of some states they cannot send at least that's my understanding yeah from an email but yeah it's like what oh my gosh isn't that amazing yeah I uh once upon a time I had lesbian couple when I lived in Atlanta many years ago and the laws would like when you live in a city like atlanta major metropolitan city when the elections were starting to come in that's when they do the sweeps and they kill all the adult bookstores and all that kind of stuff so there'd be a time where there was none and then they start creeping back in after the elections so it was after an election there was an adult bookstore that had just sprung up and i was just like they were like what happens in an adult bookstore i'm like well let's go (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, we can't go in there. I'm like, why not? And they're like, well, is it? And I'm like, yeah, it's creepy, but I'll protect you. You'll be fine, you know? So we walk in and, uh, you know, we're looking around and the front room has got DVD, not even DVDs. This was older than that. But there's sex toys and there's movies and all this kind of stuff. And there's a curtain to go into the back room where all the porn loops are, all mm-hmm. the movies. And so I was going to let them see porn. You know, they wanted to see porn. So I was like, great, we'll go in, we'll look around. Then we'll go through the curtain into the back room where all the porn is. You are totally a tour guide. I am a tour guide. (laughs) This is what I am. I used to take people to sex clubs. I used to take them to dungeons and teach them how to behave, you know. So we go in and we're milling around in the front where all this stuff is. And there's an attendant behind the counter. And uh, eventually they're just like, I'm like, okay, so let's. 
they're, they're, they don't want to be the center of attention. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let's go in the back. And when I go to open the curtain to go into the back, the guy goes, women can't go back. They're unattended. Women are not allowed in the back. No, yeah. no. Yeah, it's still true. No. Mm-hmm. I've heard it. I've heard it since then. In San Francisco, I've heard that. Haven't heard it in a little while, but it's true. Is you it like a safety ha- thing? No, no. It's a civil code that says women are not allowed that are unattended. And I'm like, why can't we go? You don't have the, you're not accompanied by a man. And I'm like, we don't have to have Wait, a man. You have to be accompanied by a man. It's yes. not even just being accompanied. Yeah. Period. Yeah, you've got to be accompanied by a man. That was the civil code. Ew. And so my friends are humiliated now because there's been everybody's looking at us and they're just like, just let's go. And I'm like, they can't tell us we can't go back there because we don't have a man with us. (laughs) And they're like, dicks, let it go, let it go. And I'm like, so they scurried off. They were humiliated. And there was a payphone on the wall. And I called a gay male couple and said, these people are telling me I can't go in the back room in an adult bookstore. And they're like, we'll be right there. And they came in and uh, they were just like, she'll be going in the back with us. And he goes, ma'am, I need to see your driver's license. I'm like, well, that's just a (laughs) shitty last attempt to stop me because you know I'm legal. And then we went in the back and just wandered around. I'm like, I just feel like I need to stay back here for a while, even though I'm not that. (laughs) It was for my friends who aren't even here. But I feel like I have to be here just to make it worth all that difficulty. And they still have that code out there. This is women are not allowed in the back without male accompaniment. Mm. Can you fight that one, too? Because I've always wanted somebody to fight that one. I mean, I'm working on circumcision right now, but uh, add it to the list. I bet there's a list. (laughs) There is. I would like to uh, stop infant circumcisions, routine infant circumcisions, and I would like to um, legalize sex work. Yes, please. Yeah. Those Those are the two biggies on my list. Yeah. And since everything going on with legislation on sex work, I bet that one feels bigger than ever for you. Well, it's second to circumcision, so yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. In my well, I get it. I get it. <laughs> like, one thing at a time. And yes, it is all painful. Yeah. So there, because I have a podcast, mm-hmm. I have people who will do that thing where they have their PR person contact me to say, blah, 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 would be a great guest on your podcast. Well, my podcast is Stories from the Live Show. It's not an interview-based show. Yeah. But I get a lot of that kind of stuff. And there's this one... A uh, sex therapist who's been sending me one through this PR person. I get it every once in a while. And I got one from their PR person last week. And everywhere everywhere the word sex was in it, there was an asterisk in the middle. I'm like, you can't. No. Because they were afraid the email filters were going to shut them down. And I'm like, how hard must it be to do your job when you can't even say the word sex? It was in the email like 30 times and everyone had an asterisk. S asterisk X. It's not because the publishing com- or the PR company didn't feel comfortable with it. It's because they wanted to make sure that the email got to you. I think so. Because they'd already sent me like four emails before that and the word was in there. Same person, same PR company. But the last one I got last week, they had the asterisk in the middle. They really want to work with you, Dixie. Oh, my God. It just makes me crazy. We can't even say the word anymore. Yeah. How are people going to learn if we can't even say the word? I agree with you. Well, hopefully somewhere, maybe, just an idea, one of your themes could be sex education. I have done sex educator down low because it's personal stories. 
So it's true stories of sexual adventure or true stories of sex, kink, and gender, and it's people telling their personal stories. Sometimes people aren't really comfortable getting personal. Like, I was listening, as I said, to the American Vanarchy mm-hmm. episode of the podcast, and you were saying to him, here's a list of the topics we could talk about. And he said, I'm a very open-minded person, but I chose the easy one to you. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm, and I know why that is. Because when we put ourselves in the subject of sex, you gave him the choice of oral sex or something else. And he chose not to go with oral sex because it just felt like I chose the easier one. And I was like, I know why. Because we're always just going, oh, God, I'm not supposed to be talking about this. Or I feel like people are judging the way I do it. If I actually lay out the details in a story, they're going to be going, that's a weird way to do it, you know. We don't have anybody telling us their story, so we don't know what the right way is. So if we tell our story, maybe we're telling the wrong way to do it. Yeah. They need sex education. You tell a story, they learn through story. Oh, I agree. Because mm-hmm. people will say that they actually listen to the podcast more than they do watch Sexplanations because they enjoy uh, somebody modeling how to have the conversations about sexuality, just hearing people say sex and use you know, the prevention language or the negotiation language is really useful to them. Yeah, totally. Yeah, go team, go. <laughs> We're awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, do you want to do kegels? Feel your kegels if you're able. Main squeeze. Right now we're going to do kegels? We'll do kegels and then say goodbye. Okay, sure. Okay. Do you so have everybody do kegels? I do. Say? It's a segment called the main squeeze. <laughs> Yes. Okay. It's so good. Um, so, first of all, I'll ask you, like I do most people, do you have a way that you prefer to do them that you can suggest to us? I like to do them in a hot bath. <laughs> well, we do have a shower in the RV, but it is not going to hold both of us in a relaxing position. <laughs> okay, you asked me what way I like. I, I didn't know. It was like, do you want to do it there right now? I thought, like... uh where, where do I normally do it? That's where I normally do it. Oh, that sounds so nice. Doesn't it? Yes. Okay, I'm going to add hot spring to the next destination list. Oh, you short, totally short need to do that. List. Yeah. Well, then let's do a count of eight up. Okay. And sometimes people will, like, they'll clench their muscles almost as if they're going up an elevator mm-hmm. or an escalator. Mm-hmm. And then we'll hold for eight in a clenched state. Yeah, okay. oh, yeah. I'm going to get one of my butt cheeks on the seat because one of them was hanging out. Oh, okay. Goodness. No, we're good. You want more room? We can yeah. cuddle. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm okay. And then um, we'll release down a count of eight. Okay. You can even imagine it like those little wooden blocks that have the alphabet on them and letters. And we'll just stack eight and then just stare at the, the tower, the Dixie De La Tower tour um, <laughs> blocks of Kegel exercises and then come down. Okay. Take them down. Okay. Okay. Does anybody ever queef during this part of the show? I haven't heard them. Okay. Just wondering. They might. I haven't heard them. I knew somebody who used to be able to queef the Star Spangled Banner. And I, like, with jeans on and everything like that. And I was like, have you ever heard anybody? I have not. I have to be careful when I'm doing it Mm -hmm. so that I don't actually orgasm. But I don't, I'm, Yeah. Could you do me a favor and try and, and like, not try not to try not? Because that would be cool. Yeah, but I... I've never seen anybody orgasm during their kegels. No? No. Huh. 
See, this is what we learned from Dixie's personal like, stories. Come for me, Lindsay. And I'm just like, I didn't know that that was possible. I I can't come from kegels, so I'm just like, that's possible. That's I don't amazing. think you would notice either. It's a sensation that can happen in my in my groin that doesn't necessarily doesn't show on your face or anything like that. That's really cool, though. Oh, okay, thank you. It is. I think so. <laughs> I I think that some people would find it exhausting. I have the right amount where it's not, um, what is the condition called, where they're pretty incessant? Um, Vaginismus? No. No. That's a a vagina that has muscles that can't be penetrated. But, um, yeah, I've done that. That's a great thing about having this conversation with a sex educator. You're like, nope, that's actually... Well, well, yeah, there's an episode about it. Um, What is it called? Persistent orgasmic syndrome, maybe? Where a person has orgasms all throughout the day, sometimes hundreds, and it's actually really awful for them. Yeah, it sounds exhausting. Yeah. I'm not there. Yeah. I Speaking of which... <laughs> I don't know how you could have a job and do that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Okay, so counting eight up, holding eight, and going eight down. Okay. One, squeeze two, three, four, five, six... Seven, eight, hold eight. <laughs> What's the number? <laughs> Seven, but don't go down. Eight, 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 eight. eight. There we go. And then release eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Your job is. Thank you. So is yours. Oh, you know what I forgot? What? Sextra credit. Assignments are not always bad, so here's some sextra credit. Okay. An assignment that you can give to the audience that they work on throughout the next whatever period until another podcast comes out. Okay. Do you have one? Do I have? Give me an example. That they listen to your podcast or go to one of your shows. Oh, that's what you mean by sextra credit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, I have a podcast, the Body Storytelling Podcast. Body is spelled B-A-W-D-Y, not B-O-D-Y. People get confused about that one. Mm-hmm. Body, like Mae West, like... Body. Like off. Yeah. You. <laughs> people always go, body, like ris- risque, mm-hmm. off color, that kind of body. Come to a live show. They're monthly in San Francisco in Seattle. And hopefully I will be in an RV taking stories yes! on the road yes sexual folklorist on the road oh yes please do yeah i'll meet you at the intersection of alabama georgia and what tennessee where the where we can get vases full of flowers yeah <laughs> and see my pet foxes and pet foxes and probably buy sex toys if we want yes thank you for that component i haven't even thought of that but yes there should be a greenhouse with uh sex toys that don't melt that's fucking brilliant they're all glass <laughs> awesome well thank you for being on the show sure thanks for having me thanks for me bringing me into the rv and um i'm excited that i was on the Sexplanations podcast yes 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 it's so good i just checked that off the bucket list that was on the bucket list <laughs> It's yes, done. Uh, thank you also to Callie from Cinema Studios, to Complexly for production, and Count Boogie for the jingles, and Cora and Parle, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm.